Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Caught offside with Andrew Gunling and JJ Devaney. Oh yes! Caught offside. Just outside of New York City and from an apartment in Brooklyn, New York, Andrew Gunlin and J.J. Devaney. What is up, brother? Um, I don't know, Andrew. I, I feel bereft. I'm not even an Arsenal supporter, but I feel, I feel so let down by today's game, which we'll get into. I mean, let, come on. Let's put, it a, put that aside for a sec. I'm not even an Arsenal supporter. The stuff you've said over the course of the last few weeks, you basically are. Oh, yeah. You yeah, are. If you, if you want to say, if you want to say, well, I, I've bit my tongue this whole time and I've tried to be professional, but you're coaxing it out of me. You want me to do a dance and celebrate right now? I see all the S that Arsenal fans send me when Tottenham stuff, when, when Tottenham things are going badly. And I, and I always try to stay above it, but why? What's the point? You're going to get S talk to you anyway. Well, later on, I have a story um, that happened immediately after the game. And I, I need you. There's one simple question. Am I a maniac? And that, that'll be asked at the end of the story. We'll do the story later. Am I a maniac? Is JJ a maniac? Okay. But it serves as a perfect metaphor, actually, for, for Arsenal's season. Um, and and we'll, we'll, mm. we'll talk more about that. I have the uh, Union LAFC first leg CONCACAF Champions League match on in front of me. So you're basically um, not going to listen to me. Anything I say is going well, to go over your head. Well, I want to let everyone know because based on what happened last time, I got multiple tweets from people saying that when I screamed when Philadelphia scored, they nearly drove off the road and killed themselves. So yeah, I'm it, warning everyone now, pull over for the next. It's in the 71st right now. Pull over it, for about 20 minutes, and then I'll let you know when you can start driving again. Yeah, also, I don't, I, would, I don't think I would react that way in a first leg either. No. Dermot in Dublin was driving his van to work, mm. and when you screamed, he nearly crashed. You nearly caused a fatality across the pond, like in a different continent. Um. Yeah. Listening back to how that sounded, I could see, I could understand that. It even, a, it even jolted me, and I knew it was coming. Oh yeah, and it, 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 I was in whatever days I was in, I was quickly, quickly. I, in fact, no, it, it was one of those where someone frightens you, they think it's funny, and you are just instantly irritated. 
I didn't think I didn't find it funny. It was a genuine moment. It was I wasn't trying to scare anyone. Well, you scared everyone. <laughs> well, they're playing right now. It's nil nil as I as I speak. We'll, we'll, we'll talk, talk some... more about it later in the pod once the, this will go final soon, and then we can actually talk a little bit about it. We we got some good midweek action. We got a few interesting news and notes. I've got a little bit of feedback from the animals. And um, I'm looking forward to this pod. Yeah. Um, despite the story I have to tell later is okay. Interesting. It, it saddened me. I, I, I'm, I'm. This pod is actually lifting me out of the sadness I experienced, and I need huh. to know if people think I'm a maniac or not. Okay. Well, that's. Uh, I'm. I'm curious about that. I'm mm. very curious about that. Um, JJ, let's dive in. This was dubbed kind of as title Wednesday. This was sort of the championship day. Wednesday. Wednesday. This was, Wednesday. This was kind of the the game that was going to determine how this is all going to go. I mean, there's still a month of, of season left. What was it? Peter Drury said 32 days from now, a champion will be crowned. Um, seven games. Is it, is uh, it that many? No, no, it's, right? not, it's not that many. Yeah, it's not that many. Oh no, it's so. definitely not that many. No, no. Well, no, it is. It I is guess for Man City. Cer- certain it, teams. Yes. It's seven games for Man City. It is. Ooh, it's only five for the yeah. Arsenal. Yeah. Um, JJ Jack Pitt Brook of the Athletic tweeted this. This was during the game, Manchester City and Arsenal. He said, "This feels like the biggest gap between the billing of a game and the actual competitiveness of it that I can ever remember." Now, that is perhaps a bit of an exaggeration, but no, he's in. But he's in the ballpark. Oh, he's ain't no ballpark, Andrew. He's 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 on the money. Wherever well, the money Germany, is. Germany, Brazil will always be the standard for me. But yeah, mm, okay. I would actually say Real Madrid Juventus in 2017, the final. Oh, really? Uh, you thought that was that uncompetitive? Oh my God, Jesus! <laughs> it really was. I mean, I know Mandzukic started off with the goal and everything, and everyone was like, "Oh!" And then Madrid just just pummeled them. Yeah, especially for a club of Juventus's size. And what be- about what about Bayern Barcelona in the Champions League? That massacre. Uh, billing of a game and the actual competitiveness of it. I don't know if I, I think that was like a. Oh, I'm looking forward to this game, but I don't know if it had this massive billing because they play each other a fair amount. So, but maybe, maybe. Right. Um, John Bruin had one. Uh, as teams running out of title gas goal, which is a uh, to borrow your metaphor from uh, earlier on in the week, mm-hmm. Arsenal are up there with Newcastle in 1996. And Manchester United in 1992, just unrecognizable from what came before and looking absolutely dead on their feet. I would say this has been a, a, a slow death, a death of a few, I wouldn't say a thousand knives, but I mean, three knives right before this game, which was Liverpool surrendering the 2-0 lead, surrendering the 2-0 lead to West Ham United, and then um, the 3-3 draw with Southampton at home. Those were those are the knives. Those are the, um, the implements of, of this slow death. So let's talk about this before we get to the bigger picture of what this mm-hmm. actually means for the title race. In terms of this game itself, I mean, the beatdown was convincing. I think that you kind of, you know, Jesus, convincing for, it was. It, it was comprehensive. I don't comprehensive, know. Comprehensive, whatever it, word you want. Hey, listen, it was. It, take any Arsenal beating they've t- they've taken from Man City since the last time Wenger beat Pellegrini's side. Take any of those really heavy beatings. And uh, and and this was this was not like Arsenal were in a, a, a title challenge game, just wasn't. No, it didn't feel like that. Didn't look like that. Um, they just, f- 
from right from the get-go. They just had nothing. They very nearly gave away a penalty two minutes in. Uh, kind of thought that could have gone either way, uh, which I guess in the end, if if that's how I felt about it, then I'm I'm kind of happy VAR did what it did. It could go either way. We'll go with what was on the field. So I'm not going to argue of it, about it or anything like that. But it but it was an early a two minute in warning sign. Yeah, I thought it which, was a penalty, but um, but Arsenal that was just like that was only the beginning. It 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 only got worse from there. Uh, I mean, if you want to talk about so you know what happened to them today. I mean, to a certain extent, look that like we said. They don't look the same. They look tired. They're also not playing well. Like if you watched like Thomas Partey, if you watched him play three months ago and then you watched video of today, you'd be like, what? What happened? Yeah. What's happened to this guy? Like he's just not the same player. I mean, the way Gundogan went right past him in the box. I mean, it's just. He didn't look fit though. He he, he looked labored. And um, I mean, he should have been sent off. There was so many opportunities to give him a second yellow. And send him off, and it never it never materialized. But I mean, it goes back to a question we've asked about Manchester City for for years and years. Like when they're so good with the ball and so good without it, what can you do? I mean, Arsenal didn't see enough of the ball to do anything with it, and when they didn't have it, City were putting together just these brilliant moves. Um, they read Arsenal's press perfectly, and it was it was, you know, Arsenal. Arsenal executed their press and then City said, we'll go over that, which was evidence on the first goal. We'll flick it over. We will clip it over the top. Haaland is in period, like Haaland and De Bruyne, particularly in the first half, were linking so well. It was absolutely ferocious. And you have De Bruyne running off of Haaland after, after he, he takes it down from the air into space with Arsenal players running towards their own goal. And that is just absolute trouble um, and on that goal I should just say I did tweet that I didn't think Ramsdale did that well watching it again the way De Bruyne finishes he whips it so it starts outside the post and comes in and David Priest made the point um, our, our dear friend former Sunderland goalkeeper he said that if that shot had been a straight shot Ramsdale saves it but it's elite finishing because of the way he whips it to start outside the post I mean a brilliant goal an absolutely brilliant goal and a way of showing, all right, this is what Arsenal do. We found a way to get around you. Like, if Sean Dyche, if, the, if that goal was scored by Sean Dyche, Sal, Sam Allardyce, Jack Charlton team, we'd be like, that is quintessential long ball football. But because it's City and it's executed in the way that it is, we're going we're gonna to gush over it. We're going to say it's amazing. And we should because it really is absolutely superb. Um, and Arsenal never, I mean, Ramsdale, for all his shaky games, and he has had over the last three games, those three knives we talked about, he was brilliant in that in the middle section of that first half because he kept them in it. Like, how many times mm. should should City have rattled the net? It should have been 4-0 at halftime. Yeah. I mean, Arsenal were completely just not in the game. It, it It's not like I can say Arsenal played badly because they never got a chance to get the ball to play at all. Well, that is kind of part of it. Like they did. Like if you can't, if you can't get the ball off of City, then you you are in some way to blame for the performance. Um, Kevin De Bruyne was he was spectacular, and he has been throughout this entire City run. Um, what a weird arc to his season! 
I don't know how to sum up his season exactly. I guess it's almost the opposite of like Mo Salah's season from a year ago. Um, and and I don't know if I would have predicted it to have gone this way. Well, I, I wondered, how do you come back from a third of a World Cup like that, where basically there's so much infighting going on, a golden generation is is failing miserably, and you go back into club football and you just turn it on. You are just brilliant. Whereas it's only December that De Bruyne was saying how his, <laughs> his team and his teammates were old. <laughs> and it was over for them. So, I mean, and I know the Belgian setup is not the same as the Man City setup, but even still, it's a, it's a weird kind of, of strange bog to have in the middle of your season and then to emerge from it and be absolutely brilliant. He was a joy to watch tonight. Yeah. Um, he spoke to, uh, to the guys at NBC and he, he didn't do the usual platitudes. I'll give Peter Dury and, and um, Lasso and Dixon credit for getting this out of him, or maybe he was just ready to talk, but he, he spoke about how he messed with Arsenal. So he played a position, if you remember, and I, I don't know if you do, the 2008-2009 season when Liverpool were on a title charge and Gerrard suddenly stopped playing very centrally. They had like Xabi Alonso or Mascherano or um, uh, Lucas Leva there and Gerrard played almost in behind the striker. So in behind the midfield. And so De Bruyne was explaining that he would, when Partey would go and press, He'd just pop in beside, behind him mm-hmm. and into those spaces. And it's like, what do you do? Because you know City can play a ball to him. You know they've got that in their locker to clip one over or to pass through someone. And so it was a constant, constant um, threat for for Arsenal to have this guy pick up in the half spaces and literally in behind Thomas Partey and, and Granit Xhaka. So, I mean, he was just brilliant. I think it was, it was actually Peter Drury asked him, were you just allowed, and I'm paraphrasing here, do whatever you wanted and floated into those areas? And obviously, I don't think there's, I don't think Pep would allow a do whatever you want, guys. Hey, let's freestyle it here, except with Messi. He would be the only one he would allow to do that to. But essentially, it was about reading what Arsenal were doing and reacting to their press. And City had Arsenal's number completely. Yeah, and you saw it. All night long. De Bruyne was part of it. Holland was the other part. Um, he was, I, I, I want to say he was brilliant because he was a part of so much. But by the same token, his job is to finish. It feels like he, on another night, he might have scored three or four. Yeah. Uh, he scuffed a couple, um, but he, he did eventually finish late on in the game and did so in, in record-setting fashion. Um, he sets the new 38-game record for the Premier League with his 33rd goal of the season. Um, he's got 49 goals in all competitions, the most ever by a Premier League player since uh, since it all started in 92. Um, the most by any top flight player in England since Clive Allen, JJ, in 86-87. Tottenham's Clive Allen. How about that? How about that? Um, Duncan Alexander noted something on Twitter that was interesting to me about Erling Holland. He said, Holland now has seven Premier League assists this season, matching Paul Scholes' best return in a single single Premier League campaign. If he can add goals to his game, he'll be some player. Seven assists. <laughs> By the way, his tweets are great. And because of Elon's friggin' new a- algorithm, I never see his tweets anymore. Well, why don't you just follow him? I, there's, I an easy, fo- there's a way to solve this. I follow him and I'm not seeing his tweets. 
Do you know who I don't follow? And I'm seeing them. I'm seeing this this dweeb from the Daily Wire, Matt Walsh. I see all his freaking tweets. <laughs> I see everything from him. All his absolute weird stuff pops up in my timeline. All his campaigns. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't follow you. Get huh. me back. Get me back. Duncan Alexander at Oily Sailor. It's like imprinted in my mind. Yeah, yeah. I, I love his tweets. Jesus, Elon. By the way, they took away our tick because we won't pay for it. Uh, I, this whole thing of over the last week of people complaining about this, I I, I could not possibly care less. There was and a time honestly, when we I, really cared. Well, I, I couldn't. But like, I'm so tired now of of seeing celebrities almost boasting about like how they won't pay for their check mark or whatever. Like, I don't even ca- I don't care about that. You're not special. Like, like hearing you proudly declare that you will not pay for your 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 Twitter like, what a stance to take! Yeah, like even that, I now find nauseating. Like yeah. everyone, just stop. I remember, I remember you did have a just a quick digression, a, a bit of a meltdown around 2016, 2017. It's like, why is our account verified and neither of us are? <laughs> yeah, I never. Yeah, but that's when it kind of mattered a bit. Now it doesn't matter. No, I don't um, possibly care about anything in the world. Can else. we? Can we play right here, right now, the audio of the Kevin De Bruyne goal and let's let's luxuriate in? I think for me. Outside of Emmy Bundia. There we go. Goals of the season. Stones for Haaland, holding off, holding, and finding De Bruyne. Grealish is the extra man. De Bruyne win himself and scored beautifully. So smooth, so certain. He's just the perfect package. It's 1 0 the champions. Brilliant, brilliant finish from. Um... From De Bruyne there, and like I said, I I take back um, my tweet about Ramsdale being slightly at fault. He was not at fault at all, in my view, because he's whipped that. He's whipped that, and it's uh, it is as David Priest said, elite elite finishing. So you like that one more than the second one? Um, remind me of the second one. Well, it was just like a quick snap. Like I when it went in, I was like, whoa. Like it actually caused me to like shout. I, it was so unexpected. The ball uh, got to him in, in, in from Holland in a dangerous spot. Oh yeah, no. And he kind of cuts it back in, and he's dribbling, and then the ball's in the net. I was just like, Whoa, "What the heck? Like oh, what yeah, happened no. in between?" No, I, he I just prefer, snapped it. I prefer, I, yeah, and a definite, right through the right through uh, whose legs was it? Rob Holdings. Rob Holdings took out a leg to block it, and I think one of the commentators noted, well, actually De Bruyne is playing for that leg to be stuck out because that's what defenders have to do, and he's gone right between it. Um, I love that. Union have I, scored. Have, okay. In the 86th. Nice. Very nice. Penalty. Yeah. Continue. Yes. Um, <laughs> I prefer De Bruyne because I love the interplay with Haaland, the first goal because of the interplay with Haaland, the way they link up, but more than that, there's an elegance to De Bruyne. Now, if you look at De Bruyne, <laughs> I like is, the second one more. There's a the way stride. they Holland, the way he wins it in midfield, the little Wait, flick, to the sure. one two that they play together. I, I mean, know. we're arguing over like fillet steak at some expensive New York restaurant. It's like, oh, your steak is much juicier than mine. Well, you know, mine's got that lovely garnish, and we're all paying like seventy dollars for our steak. So I want to stop with the steaks. Guernica or the Mona Lisa. That different. No, I'm saying art. We're comparing oh, yeah, great, Guernica, great exactly. Art. Yeah, it's a beauty is in you the eye of the beholder. We're art connoisseurs, JJ. Yeah. If if this was 10 years ago, I would have named two extremely attractive women and we would have debated their merits, but you can't do that now. So we don't won't. even think about it. 
but um, but yeah, beauty in the eye of the beholder, and uh, I just like um De Bruyne kind of in stride, and he had so much to do, and he goes, "I'm just going to hit this," and he hits it perfectly. He's he's spectacular. They were all spectacular today. It was uh, like we said, it was it was super convincing. So where things stand now? So Opta before the game, JJ, they they. I don't know. They've got their own supercomputer and they ran the numbers and they basically laid out all the scenarios of here's the percentages, how they'll break down. If city win, if it's a draw, if Arsenal win, well, I'll tell you this city winning. I mean, for however much you guys think it feels over the computer agrees. It's now 91% for Manchester city to go on and win the title. Had Arsenal won today, it would have been 56% in Arsenal's favor. Um, Mm. Had it been a draw, it would have been 72% uh, in in Manchester City's favor. But 91% is where Opta's computer has it now for uh, City's chances of winning the league. Um, that sounds about right. That sounds about right. Now, Pep talked about it. He said, I mean, look, he's got he's to gotta say the right things here. He can't nothing's over it's not like it's it's not it's simply not but uh he said i had the feeling that the next three games will dictate a lot game by game we'll see what happens the next three games are really important fulham on sunday then two games at home these three games will dictate if we can do what we have to do um so he's right like city i wouldn't expect it to happen it would shock me but if you know if they slip up if if this between this and real madrid if you know if their focus was on this and and that too much, then yeah, maybe Fulham is is kind of one of those trap games. Who knows? Again, I think this team is just they don't do that. They don't do trap games. Every every game, they're they're machines. And so um I don't know. I think I think today kind of today marked the end. Yes, I, I, I totally agree with you. I was um I was trying to do it in song format. So I narrowed it down to two songs. It's over by Roy Orbison. You know, he sings along and then right at the end, it's over, it's over, like very big, very uh-huh. grand. And then I thought something more gentle was um, Blur, No Distance Left to Run, which is um, starts with the line, it's over, you don't need to tell me, um, which I think it's, it's actually one of my, it's, it's, it's the best breakup song and the most beautiful breakup song I've ever, ever uh, listened to. Um, from the album 13 so it was one of those two you didn't go with the doors huh uh this is the end yeah beautiful friend but i've used that too many times in the pod before yeah yeah. so i I tried to mix it up a bit so yeah i i just i don't see a way back um and and more than that it wasn't it wasn't just like arsenal oh hey they they drop points in these games and they're going into place city and that's not the form you need to be in but it's like the, the general performances andrew have been just falling away and um, and I, and I do think it's a squad issue. Um, I I I think personally, and I'm sure people will argue with me. I don't think there's an injury to a player that Manchester City cannot absorb. I agree. I don't think that's the case with Arsenal. And Saliba goes out, and that defense suddenly is is. Uh, Gabrielle looks exposed. Oh, everyone looks um, exposed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, the city point is fascinating. And I will say this for for De Bruyne, for his greatness, we have seen it before where he has missed for stretches and they haven't really felt it. Um, Holland might test that theory a little just because he's the guy finishing all of these moves, it seems like. Um, but I've just 
I don't know. I, I feel like we've we've seen it in practice. Oh yeah. my god, LAFC just equalized. In oh the, god, are you serious? It's like watching the friggin' MLS Cup final all over again. Jesus Christ. Oh. You should this is a perfect time to drop a Essing F. Oh my god. I'll have to look at the replay. Oh. Um this club they just can't beat this club. No, it's it's now they're gonna become their bogey side. You got a bogey team. Well, we'll talk about it after the after the break. Um, um yeah, but, look, I uh I think tonight was the end of the title race and um and that's disappointing, but at the same time I do want to give Arsenal credit for at least mounting a challenge. Where, oh, where, of course. Where nobody else did. And um, this is a conversation for another day because I do think we are and have been uh, luxuriating in, in how good City are. But I did that just in, in the context of the, the Premier League needed Arsenal to be alive longer than this. They needed to take it another couple of weeks. Um, it, and, and I would argue the Premier League needed Arsenal to win the title. Because what's going to happen now is you are going to have Premier League champions with 151 uh, accusations hanging over them uh, as your as your champions, and not only that, you're going to have City champions again. And uh, Miguel Delaney maybe put it a bit strongly, but we're approaching the point where the Premier League is kind of morphing into league on. Uh, in terms of the dominance of the utter dominance of one side, and and that's and that's not good. And again, there are larger conversations to be had about how that's come about, how it was allowed to come about, um, what can be done now about it. But um, but yeah, at the moment, it's um, your your Premier League champions will be Manchester City again. Yeah, and I fully agree with what you said before that you know while today may feel like it marked the end of of the title race. Um, they did not lose the title today. I think, like you said, I think no. it was. I think it was those three games. You could even look. Yeah, you know, Arsenal did not beat Southampton this season. Southampton are going to finish bottom. They drew both games against them. Um, you know, so you can look at those kinds of things and say, yeah, like that's that's sort of where Sit- it was. But but blowing two goal leads in back to back games, one of which against the team that's that's battling for relegation. Um, look, City have warped perceptions of of title races, like. You used to be able to drop a, drop points in a run-in. A draw wasn't the end of the world. It it just wasn't. Now, there would be times close to the end where it could be, um, but that's gone now. City are so clinical and, and, and so good down the stretch. You can't have it, and, and I feel for Arsenal that they're on the end of it. Yeah, but again, it's the way that Arsenal did it too, though. Um, yes. Two goal, like having... having two goal leads oh yeah in both of those games it's There's, it makes it makes those feel different um they are qualitatively different when when you're in the driving seat in those matches in games you should win that's like, like an extra like layer. They, yeah it felt it just feels a little bit more like they gave it away yeah. um that that they could have made city work harder for it than they wound up doing um, yeah now there's lots of pieces um Dion fanning has a piece in the irish examiner today about um his basic thesis and the headline was Arsenal aren't bottling it. They're just patsies in the Premier League's larger game. And they're patsies to the idea that that there is competitiveness in this league. And and that, again, again, another argument that we can extrapolate at the end of the season. But um, 
I'm seeing a lot of that kind of stuff as we as we face into another uh, another blue moon. Well, I mean, what City have done more than anything is they've they've kind of warped our perception of what a great season is uh, because they've now made like the 90, 90 points like that barrier used to really mean something. And they've made it so commonplace that yeah. like to, to just oh, it's cruise right through that number that it doesn't feel like a great seat. Like Arsenal are going to potentially I mean, I don't know now because I think that there are more there are still more drop points to come for Arsenal this season. But like Arsenal, we're potentially going to finish the season with 90 points, uh, a team that we didn't think were going to necessarily be a top four side this season. And like, it, it, you know, it's hard. It's hard to see the greatness in that when Manchester City are just doing what they're doing. But even God bless, God bless Arsenal. I mean, as good as this Arsenal team are, they they aren't probably as good as Klopp's Liverpool were at their peak. And that's not that's no disrespect to anybody to say that. Klopp's Liverpool, think about this: they'll finish this period because they're that that team is essentially disbanded, particularly the front three now. Klopp's that era of Klopp teams will finish with one title. And I would say it's better than any Liverpool team since, I mean, it, it's probably it's probably since 1984. Maybe maybe even, it, maybe they're better than any Liverpool team we've ever seen. Some people have said that. And, I, mean, I, uh, I would defer uh, to you on that. I mean, look, they, they did and they're also... Going, and they're going to get one, they're going to finish with one league. Now, why is that? It's because City have completely warped and distorted um, competitive balance in the league. They did also win a Champions League in that time with two other Champions League runner-up finishes. Sure, uh, but you're right; sure. the fact that they it, it's it is remarkable. You're it right. Is remar- it, the really 90, is. What, it was the 98 point season, right? That they. <laughs> to I mean, they, they went to the wire number. last season. Is it like yeah, right the way again, and then 2019, that run-in was was crazy. But um, but yeah, again, a, a much larger conversation to be had. Oh, I should also. I'm going to issue an apology on the podcast. Okay. Um, to my friend Rob Rossicone, um, a Manchester City fan, a diehard one. In fairness to him, and well, a diehard, a diehard fan, well before the money came in. Um, as an as a long-standing Arsenal fan, Arsenal supporter, I was not um gracious enough in in our in our uh, WhatsApp groups. Um, I should be happy for him, uh, even if I am not happy with the overall result tonight so uh, an apology from me to to rob specifically and the rest of the city fans i would like to just tell you no go yourselves i mean there there are a lot of them like your friend who have been at this for a long time (laughs) there are yeah not like god no not like him he was at main road man he remembers main road so Eh, whatever anyway um so there you go so look it's not nothing's officially over yet who knows maybe there could be another there's no twist coming, here, it's but done. It, it's done. But we it would surprise me great. Now. It would surprise me greatly. We can't move on. We can talk about the Bulgarian league now. <laughs> uh, let's see. There are a few other midweek results, JJ, that we'll get to in just a sec. But before we get to that, we want to remind everybody out there that support for Cut Offside is brought to you by Manscaped. Oh, yes. The best in men's below the waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped recently launched the ultimate men's hygiene bundle, the performance package. So join over 8 million men worldwide, 8 million, who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you, 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code CAUGHTOFFSIDE at manscaped.com. And like we mentioned before, they sent us the performance package. It is it is spectacular. I'm working my way through it, Andrew. I, I just want to say I'm I'm particularly loving the crop preserver. 
okay. which is the, b- below the waist deodorant, because the smells have to be good down there. And if you're a busy man like me with an active lifestyle, you got to ensure that. You, it wouldn't matter. It's it's fine. Right. I'm, um, I'm very sedentary. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not going to matter if you just sit there. Um, and uh, the crop reviver, which is a, a, a below the waist toner. Hmm. I've never had a basement in as good a shape as this. That's good to know. Uh, that's important. Um, I'll say this about it. First off, look, my my exploits before all this are now well. I've horrified people. Yeah, I know. Like I said, it's there were a few psycho shower scenes in there, and those <laughs> those are just a distant memory. I mean, that you're, with the lawnmower now, the chances of that are vastly, vastly reduced. Um, and I, it's the kind of thing where I I now have used it and i think to myself like what the hell was i doing yeah what what was i actually what was what was this whole operation before this uh and that is how all of you will feel too if you get this thing whatever your whatever your routine is currently you're going to use this thing and you're going to think i can't believe i was doing this any other way it's that easy cleanup is that easy the whole process it's just easy it's got the 4000k led spotlight so there's no, nothing gets left behind jj Put no it that way no and i've created a map of the iberian peninsula um the just the other morning i was uh, feeling that way so uh so and i did it with uh extreme accuracy it's like a bizarre plot like to to some like da vinci code history like if jj were killed in that movie he used his blood to like make a map this this would be how you would show yeah, just uh, just a rough map. Pull his pants down. Why? He's got a map made out in his pubes. Ah, <laughs> uh, let's pitch that. Can we pitch that? Do we? Are there any film executives out there that will take a meeting on that? I will imagine. Um, um, imagine Marty takes it. These two guys. Um, these two amazing guys. They've got this story. You've got to hear it. What's it involved, Marty? Pubes, and a map, groomed into him. Ah. Uh, fascinating let's see uh everybody get 20 percent off and free shipping with code caught offside all one word at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code caught offside unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with manscaped get the get please everybody get on that oh get on it listen guys if you love us if you love looking after your your, your basement if you want to venture south and be comfortable knowing things are okay down there, support us. Support your ball sack. Word. Couldn't agree more. Uh, let's see. We continue now, JJ, with uh, some of the other midweek results in the uh, in the Premier League. Chelsea. I mean, like, yeah, I didn't get a chance to watch that one because I was locked in on Manchester City and Arsenal. Crap, and you but, would never watch. But this like, game. as I'm, I'm, I'm just monitoring. Like, you know, I'm periodically just checking the scores. Like, I'll have, I, I had the game on, and then on my phone, I'm just kind of scrolling uh, to see what's going on in the other games. And it's like, it's starting to get to a point where I'm just like, are they ever going to score again? Like, what to what end with this? They've scored one goal since Lampard took over. By the way, it occurred in a loss to Brighton and if you remember the goal JJ was Connor Gallagher and it was hugely deflected yep, yep. it's like that's what they've produced Colin, in this time Colin Miller had a tweet and it's you can't argue with it uh, Colin Miller of the mirror Frank Lampard was sacked with Everton 20th and on a losing streak versus relegation rivals who couldn't beat anyone else at the time walks into the Chelsea job loses his first five games without any identity or sense of vision 
will almost certainly walk into another Premier League job within a year. It's the Lampard football industrial complex. It, well, it's to me, I take it as the ultimate compliment of Frank that he he's got to just awesome we, guy, we, Frank. Awesome guy, awesome guy. That's I think what it comes down to. But I mean, this is I, this is pathetic. Like Chelsea are pathetic. Well, that's what we said about this. Is that look the way that I approached this with Frank coming in was I don't because of the state that Chelsea were in, like, I don't want to forget that Graham Potter, like they've gone through a couple managers this season for a reason. Like there's, there's a problem with the squad. There's a problem with the way it's been compiled. These are good managers. Tuchel has obviously won a European cup Potter for whatever you want to say about him. Now he got that Chelsea job for a reason. He looked to be a great manager as well. And I still think that there are great days ahead for him as a manager, but this was always going to be a really weird, hard job with a lot of pieces to a puzzle that just weren't going to fit. So I don't know that I ever looked at this as a chance for Frank's reputation to suffer more. However, it was also an opportunity for him to rehabilitate his reputation as a manager. Uh, I don't know if he was ever going to be the permanent manager for Chelsea, regardless of how this went, unless he took them on some kind of run and won the Champions League, which was not going to happen. Um, but like, depending on how this went, there might have been another good job waiting for him once he was shown the door with Chelsea. And again, I don't think that this has hurt him necessarily oh, but but i, I don't but this is not this is also not helping i think whatever you thought of him after he left everton that keep that thought frozen i think that's still that's where we're at still the, there's an uncomfortable truth as well which um miguel delaney tweeted tonight i mean chelsea are on 39 points i mean the the natural barometer for safety is 40 right so are you implying something that they're what still, I'm saying is that they're, that they're bad, a part of the relegation fight? No, no, they're not a part of the relegation fight. Basically, based upon whatever wins Graham Potter managed to get put together, <laughs> that's where they are. I'll say this: so after this, um, so Brentford are eight points above Chelsea, and I was thinking about that with the squad Chelsea had with the expectations we had for them. JJ, if we were in, if you told me before the season, guys, it's going to be late April and Brentford are going to be eight points above Chelsea. I'd say, oh my God, they've done a Leicester. Yeah. That's, that's the, the absurdity of the situation that Chelsea find themselves in right now to be on that. Like you just said, 39 points at this stage in the season. It's, it was impossible to consider that. They're only three wins better off than Nottingham Forest in 17th. Three wins. What in the F? Anyway. So it's a lost season. It's a lost season for them. Um, so, you know, it's interesting, though, because I, I heard uh, Fabrizio Romano was on with Roger Bennett with Men and Blazers, and, they, and Roger asked him um, something to the effect of, what is the perception of Todd Bowley right now? Like, how is he, how is this American owner viewed? And for Biccio Romano, his response was not, it was, it was not quite as negative as maybe what you would have expected. That there are people out there that still think that it, this was a lost year where they took all these pieces and kind of tried to put them together. It didn't work, but there are enough, there's enough talent there that this will get sorted. And when it does, it could be if, if it's done right. And if the next manager who comes in is, is a great manager, which I anticipated being, um, then this could still work somehow. Yeah, but this, I mean, but this year they just they just basically cashed in this year and said, okay, this is a disaster. I mean, for the most, I mean, is. 
Yeah, there's just a lot of money being spent by Bowley, a huge amount on on buying the club, and then a huge more in investing in players. So, yeah, I I wouldn't be any making any proclamations on on Bowley, uh, <coughs> apart from the fact that so far it's been it's been bad. It's just been bad. Um, but anyway, yeah, not good, not good for them, but great for Brentford. Um, JJ, this was Thomas Frank's 100th win. So props to him. This is definitely. Someone said it a few months ago. This is definitely the season of the well-run clubs. Like the properly looked after clubs. Now, have Fulham joined the ranks of the properly run? I would say probably, yeah. This season in particular, they look a lot better than the shambolic effort they produced the last time around. Um, But Brentford and Brighton are model clubs in the way they're run. I I was actually, I was chatting with my... um, my girlfriend on the way to Montauk and Brighton came up in the conversation as you do with, with loved ones. You, you, talk sure. about, you talk about Brighton and um, I was telling her how there was a time when Brighton were just like nomads. They couldn't find a ground. This is the mid mid nineties, mid to late nineties, early two thousands. They couldn't find a ground. They had, they played at some terrible stadium with a running track around it for a while. I remember. And uh, fat boy slim, the superstar DJ, Norman Cook, he was from Brighton and he sponsored their jerseys. So it used to be skint records on the front of their jerseys. Mm-hmm. And uh, transformation in the club has been amazing. And I, like, I really do f- feel bad that they're probably going to lose the Jerby in some kind of hug of love between Tottenham and, and Chelsea, potentially. Although maybe he, maybe he won't fancy either of those jobs. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, I don't want to speculate further. Let's move on. Uh, Nottingham Forest move out of the relegation zone thanks to an impressive win over the aforementioned Brighton. Yeah, well, Brighton looked. I mean, first, first of all, Brighton looked a bit kind of. I don't know. That was a long, long Sunday for them, and there will be a lot of disappointment because they should be in the FA Cup final and they're not. Um, and pe- go, going 120 minutes, going to penalties. Um. But it was a it was a really really important win for Nottingham Forest. Uh, I mean, it was what their first win in like twelve or eleven. Um, huge win to kind of move them out of the relegation zone. The city ground was was jumping, um, and and they survived. Um, Brennan Johnson missing the penalty, and um, who who was it scored the penalty for them? Uh, Andrew, I like that was I, I thought that was good. They didn't go back to. Uh, they didn't go back to Brennan. Oh, Morgan Gibbs White. That's right. Um, Danilo with the goal to put them ahead was was huge. Running away on the break and drills the low one. Um, so that's a, that's a great win and an unexpected one for them. It's just, it's not that it doesn't mean anything, but as good a win as that is, it it's only has them a point above uh, Leicester City. And now you look at it though, Everton. I'm not saying they're cut adrift, but that's two points from safety. Um, they have a game in hand uh, themselves in Leeds, Andrew. I think I agree with what Robbie Musto said tonight on television. I think Southampton are gone. Um, but yeah, maybe you should talk about Leeds now, actually. Yeah, so a huge relegation matchup between them and Leicester City. Uh, Leeds had the lead, um, but Leicester came back and, and it ended as a 1-1 draw, um, which felt, I mean... It, I don't know. Maybe that point will matter for one of those two, but it it felt a little bit like the Southampton Arsenal draw, where I just kind of walked away from it thinking, I don't know who this helped. Um, I yeah, mean, I, I Leeds... don't know. I, I I mean, the fact that Leeds were in the lead at home is just it, it was really gutting for them to give that up and not go on and win the game. 
Um, you've you've written something here, and I, I guess you'll have to explain it to me. Things turning a bit toxic for Weston McKinney. So Weston McKinney has been in, through not necessarily a fault of his own, has kind of been dragged into a bit of a controversy among lead supporters where um, there's this guy who I guess kind of purports to be a, a friend of McKinney's or an acquaintance or something mm. to that effect. And he's conducts these Twitter spaces and in it, he, in the most recent one, he kind of made some comments, which don't reflect all that positively on McKinney's, time with leads and how he feels about it. I'm just I'm reading here now from the Yorkshire Evening Post. McKinney has released a statement on social media following backlash to comments made on a Twitter space live stream yesterday. Uh, Again, McKinney did not take part in the in that live stream. No, Uh, but there were approximately 800 listeners at its peak uh, between leads fans and a social media account claiming to be a close friend of McKinney's during the live stream. McKinney's supposed associate responded to a supporter's plea for the 24-year-old to display the same level of effort uh, as U.S. men's national team teammate Tyler Adams by stating, um, then the guy said, it's not his style, which was poorly received by the Leeds United fan base. In addition, comments were made regarding the ability of McKinney's Leeds teammates. Um, There was also, at some point, the guy also said that McKinney made a mistake by signing with Leeds, um, which also, of course, didn't sit well with Leeds fans. So McKinney then released a statement himself saying, I just wanted to clarify that things said yesterday have not come from me. When people you know look to defend you, they generally do it from a place of love. But if I have something I want to say, it will come directly from me. He went on to affirm his commitment to the club uh, and their effort to stay up this season. So so it's interesting because I, because um, c- I'm a freak, uh, listen to other teams' po- uh, supporter podcasts. So I listened to the square ball prior to the Leicester game. And Phil Hay from uh, The Athletic said, McKenney has been nowhere near good enough since he joined from Juventus. Yeah. But the general consensus of his performance against Leicester was that that was one of his better performances. And I was online, I scrolled through some Leeds Twitter, and they said generally he played well in that game. So he does not need this, this S floating around. What have we always said, though? He clearly, he said... He goes, when people you know look to defend you, they generally do it from a place of love. So this guy who was speaking is clearly, clearly a friend of McKinney's. Yeah, that that is true. That is absolutely true because he hasn't yeah. associated himself from it completely. Um, and it's what me and you always say. The last thing you want when you're a sports star is your wife sounding off, is your mother sounding off, is your cousin sounding off. You, you It just isn't helpful. It's no. never helpful. Because it's assumed that those words are basically yours. Exactly. And that's and not they, fair. It's that not may fair. very I, well not not be the case at all. Yeah, and, and there's also a nuance and a and an insider knowledge that the actual person has that they can give the context to if they have to speak out. That isn't there when your family are hearing it secondhand from you or or you know, they're assessing your mood or how you feel. So it's um it's a just bad Weston needs to just lock it down. Tell your man to shut up. Stop doing Twitter spaces. When the season's over, we'll be able to do more of a retrospective on how this went for all the Americans that were in the Premier League this year. But I would say right now, in looking at how it's gone for Leeds, Tyler Adams aside, and of course his season ended through injury, so that's not great either. This has not gone well. Obviously, Jesse Marsh lost his job. Brendan Aronson started brightly, and then it has fallen off a cliff. 
for yeah. him. And McKinney, I mean, that was supposed that was a huge signing. A hu- for for Leeds to be taking a player who who's playing, not always starting, but playing and and um sometimes, you know, scoring he scored key Champions League goals for Juventus. I mean, that's a big move for for Leeds United, especially in a relegation race. And it has that has not panned out. It has not been I don't know. I would imagine that Leeds supporters probably don't have the highest approval rating right now of American soccer, but they love Tyler Adams and rightfully so. I I would I would give them a break there because I think if they were to direct their ire towards anybody, um, it would be why Jorginho Rutter has been signed and used so sparingly. Like there's this goes deeper than just the Yanks that have come. Of course, in. That's, but that's but the they prism. Made, but those are those are big pieces to this team. It was the manager. Aronson was supposed to be a big signing. McKinney was supposed to be a big signing. And Adams, unfortunately, is hurt. And he was arguably their best player. Well, I, I, the more you watch Leeds, the more uh, Tyler Adams' stock rises in, in uh, yeah. when, you see, when you see the midfield. And in fairness, McKinney and Roca is not a midfield that's going to work for them. They, no. need, someone, they need someone more de- number six-minded. And that, that's, not, that's not those two guys. Uh, JJ Liverpool come from a goal down and they hand West Ham an important defeat as, uh, for a little while there, you know, a few minutes, um, West Ham had that lead and you were thinking, boy, this, I mean, we said the other day that it feels like they're moving a little bit closer to safety. Obviously they're not there yet. This could have been a, a huge jump to that, but Liverpool do what we've seen them do so many times in years past, not as much this year, uh, but they come from behind and they get all three points. So Liverpool kind of. I don't know about Champions League places, but they keep their hunt alive for some sort of place in Europe. For as high as they can possibly finish, I guess, yeah. Um, not not too much to say about this one. little controversy towards the end about... Um, it's one I don't know. I could see it go a handball that could go both ways on Thiago. He's falling, but it hits his hand. And we know the rule about supporting yourself. If you're supporting yourself using the ground or trying to use the ground as you fall over and the ball hits your hand, then it's not a handball. But I can see how it could be construed in both directions. So if it was given as a penalty, I wouldn't have been that mad. If it, the fact that it hasn't been, I'm okay with that too. Uh, whatever. Just it, But it's going to... I mean, potentially, if, if, if it has real negative implications for West Ham, they're going to look back on it and they're going to have a, a gripe about that, I think. Cody Gakpo, JJ, scoring again. Rounding into form a little bit here? Uh, yeah, kind of. I Kind of. Uh, I, I mean, we thought his coming out party was against Man United in the 7-0, but it, he kind of came out and then went back in again uh, for the following games. But he is, yeah, he's getting, he's hitting a bit of form, I guess. It was a speculative effort, Andrew, from long range. Interesting mm-hmm. thing, it was a nice little, nice little threaded pass into his feet from, um, from newly minted midfielder, permanent midfielder, perhaps. Uh, Trent Alexander Arnold, who who picked him out, he did. It was a nice little turn from Alexander Arnold, the kind of turn you'd expect from a central midfielder. Slides it into Gakpo. It's a good shot, but if I'm Fabianski, it takes a few too many hops on the way into the net from that range, and you might feel like you did better. Uh, finally, here before we go to a break, um, wanted to mention, like I kind of referenced before, uh, Concacaf Champions League, Tigres beat Leon 2-1 in the first hmm. leg that was on Tuesday Union and LAFC a rematch of just one of the one of the great games in the history of this league last uh last fall's uh MLS Cup final and um once again much like that one the Union scored somewhat late very late 86th minute I believe the the penalty was for Gazdag and then even later 
in the 92nd minute, uh, Kellen Acosta on, I mean, you got to see this, just like a ball behind him as he's making a run into the box. And he just, I mean, he just kind of throws his foot at it, smashes it directly into the ground, and it just takes a weird hop over Blake. And you just see this stuff and it's, Boy, the sun the sun is shining on that club. <laughs> and they're great. LAFC, they are they are fantastic. No man has ever said with more bitterness in his voice that the sun is shining. I mean, you see goals like that happening in the extra time of a of a of a Champions League semifinal match on the road when away goals still mean something. Mm-hmm. And you just think, God in heaven. I mean, like, what does it take to beat this club? And look, that's I give them credit for it only being one nil. Like the the union threw a lot at them, and LAFC withstood the pressure. Uh, you know, Philadelphia found themselves in a lot of good positions to try to get goals in this game, but it, it kind of wound up just resulting in a, a lot of half chances. I don't know. Sometimes it's a weird time to say this because Mikel Orr he registered a hat trick over the weekend um, against Toronto in a much needed win for Philadelphia because they have not been great in MLS. Uh, but then you watch him come back in this game, and it's just like you feel like there are opportunities there that he's just – sometimes I'm just like, ah, I don't know if he's it. I don't know if he's it up front. And Jim Curtin, sometimes – you know, they they reference this in the broadcast a little bit where Curtin will come – he came out and said, we'll go as far as Ur and Carranza will take us. And I think that is sort of a little bit of a challenge to those two that like, there's a great team there behind them, but sometimes the goals last year that came so easily for this Philadelphia union side are just not coming this season. And uh, boy, that's a frust. That is such a frustrating one, one because they did, they, they played pretty well. They just couldn't get that second goal. Took them a while to get the first and LAFC. This is, this is what they do. They don't lose. They just don't lose. And now it goes back there for the second leg. And, uh, I mean, it just that feels like a that feels like a tall. It would have felt like a tall order even at one nil in the union's favor going back there with the way they play at home, but the way they play anywhere. Um, that's a tough one. That's that's a tough one for Philadelphia to take. Oof, man, oh man, this LAFC team, JJ, they're they're something. They are they're something. Vela Boanga was was good. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. It's time for a break, I think. All right. You Nothing, need to... not a single word to add. Nothing. That's, that's... Nothing. You've, you've said it all, Andrew. What do you want me to do? Go on about a game I'm not actually watching right now? Come on. All right. We'll go ahead. We'll take a break. Uh, I'll come back on the other side. Um, a few things a few things left to do here, JJ. We didn't talk about Wrexham the other day. I think that bothered some people. It uh, did so... bother them, yeah. Okay. We so must we'll... all be part of the festival that is this amazing fairy tale, but it's not a fairy okay, tale. Okay. So, well, Wow. Okay, so we'll make sure we'll get some some of JJ's really negative thoughts about what seems no, I, on I, the surface be a pretty a pretty happy positive story. He'll find a way to make you feel horrible about it. Um, I look forward to that. It should be fun and joyous. More caught offside still to come. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Back now, caught offside. A um, couple things to get to. Before we do, though, JJ, I, I can't wait any longer. You mentioned at the start of the podcast something about, are you, what was it? You need to tell me if I'm a maniac or not, something to that effect. I, I, need, I need more. I need to know what it is I'm judging here. Okay, so um, as, as everyone knows, I live in Brooklyn. And um, during the pandemic, we got a car. And we... Sometimes parking, you don't get directly in front of your building. So further up the street, uh, about two blocks away, our car is parked. And there was something in it that I needed to get. So I, straight after the Arsenal game uh, this evening, walked down the steps, walked up to the car. And as I'm coming round, I see in the road adjacent to the car, there is a freshly dead squirrel. Squirrels, Squirrels just been hit. And because it hasn't been mushed into the tire or anything, it's just like I don't want to go all CSI or anything. Or we get it, we know what it, we know. I what... think I think a blunt force trauma to the head. All right, all right. But it's it's just there, and uh, a great sadness washes over me. I mm-hmm. cannot look at this. I am so upset. So I'm like, okay, let's let's give the guy a proper burial. So I get it. Go into the into the trunk of the car, into the boot, open it up. There's a cardboard box that we have some cleaning stuff in. I take it out. I roll the squirrel into the into the cardboard box. You know the ice picker for Aye. to get off the ice off the windscreen? Oh. I take that. I walk to Prospect Park, which is just right at the top, about maybe 500 yards, with this uh, freshly deceased squirrel in the box. I go in. I estimate that the, the soil will be just... Um, Soft enough, particularly in around the trees where I can give this guy a burial. And I proceed to hack the ground open in behind one of these trees in the park. And I make a shallow grave. Um, or not shallow, actually pretty deep, pretty good grave. Uh, I put him in and I cover him over. Mm-hmm. And midway through digging the hole, I did think to myself, what if someone from the park's from Parks and Rec comes over and goes, what are you doing? Like, how do I explain this? But it was the, it just seemed at the time like the right thing to do. I couldn't, I, I couldn't bring myself to throw them in the bin. I can't do that. You're not supposed to put like the carcass of animals in a bin and have someone find that. Also, it's undignified for the squirrel. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that wave of sadness drove me to, to dig a hole. Like I was like Robert De Niro in Goodfellas, like hacking away. <laughs> Oh. Trying to find a place to put the body. Am I this a maniac? Is, this Am is, I a maniac? This is all very grim. <laughs> I was not expecting this. Are you a maniac? Is there something um, wrong with me? Here's what I would say to this. What you did was very sweet. It was. Um, very thoughtful. Um, but like, is it country? It's also, JJ? it's a little bit. It is though. I, I don't know that I would have done what you did. Um, maybe that makes me less sweet and thoughtful. Um, I have seen, I've witnessed that before. Yeah. Not someone burying a squirrel, a squirrel dying. And it did also make me very sad. Like I, I, you know, it's terrible. It it is. It's just sad. It just is. Um, 
is it maniacal? Kinda. Kinda. That's the squirrel in the box. That's the I, I did not give the gruesome end. That's the still fluffy end. And that's you, the grave. The you stop. You stop to take a picture of it. That's even I, weirder. And I, I just well, it was it was for my girlfriend because I told her I would be, uh, I'd just be ten minutes. I, I'll be back for dinner, and the next thing, I like, I'm gone at thirty five minutes. Which is, you, not, I mean, you could have just texted not her and unusual. said, "Hey, uh, hey, burying a squirrel, sweetie. See you later." Like, but no. instead, no. Here's the proof. Let me show you the mutilated body of the squirrel. No, it's not. It's the it's the fuzzy tail. There was no mutilation. It's a little maniacal. It's a Is little it? maniacal. I don't think you said like the way you said before. Yeah. You know, well, what was I going to do? Not yeah. I, yeah, I just mean, leave it there. I well, that is, but that is what. Like if I came back to I, I, I'd job, have to... it is in the city to handle those things. Uh, no, well, I don't know. this was this was dark. It was uncomfortable. I guess in some weird way, this all served as some sort of humble brag by you. No, no, I was I actually. Um, I, I, the, the sadness did live. What, what got... did Darcy say? I'm curious what she thought of it. Dar- Darcy said it was a very sweet thing to do. Yeah, it and is. That. T- and the next time sweet. you're down on yourself, remember you you took the time to bury a square. Yeah. Just, and yeah. I, I, I did think it was a bit um, the shallow grave. The, you know, um, maybe I was burying Arsenal as well. It's a metaphor for Arsenal, the fluffy, bouncy, happy thing that brought us all so much joy um, for most of the season is now dead. So grim, so so grim. I, I've um, got let's, problems. Let's let's brighten things up a little bit here, JJ, and let's talk <laughs> Wrexham. Let's talk Wrexham. So they did it. They did it. They achieved the Hollywood ending mm. to this Hollywood story. They're going up. They are they entering. Are they are entering the football league. They are out of the national league, and uh, it is League Two uh, for Wrexham. Congratulations to them! Incredible scenes. Uh, the crowd rushing the field at the racecourse uh, ground. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, you know, just those players are are our heroes. Those owners now, obviously, uh, yeah. already beloved. Now even that much more so. And I guess you know, the the thing I, I thought about this is oh the, so they got their Hollywood ending, or but maybe maybe this is just the beginning. This is might be the end of nothing. Uh, you know the, the light that is now shine on this team, um, and you see their you know Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney their their willingness to to spend how much they care about mm. this project, um, and so. Uh, you know, maybe it may not happen right away, but this may not be their their last promotion. No, I don't think it is. Um, and, and like, there's so many characters and so many people that you feel great for because this, like, Wrexham. I'm not saying it's a massive club, but it is a club of some size and stature. And for them to be languishing where they were for so long, and for so many people, local people, to keep it alive, to cherish it and care for it, and then to see people come in and help you reach your ambition, that is that is a beautiful thing. There's no there's no arguing with that part of it. Here I it do comes. think I do think that I feel the same way. Like if you look at what they did though, it's very similar to what Salford did. Like when Salford were bought by the class of ninety two skulls and the Nevilles and money was pumped into them. They suddenly rose up the ranks and they were able to go and buy Adam Rooney, who was the best striker in Scotland and the top flight of Scotland outside of Celtic and Rangers. And they were able to pay him those wages to come and to play for them and help. And his goals propelled them into the Football League. 
Like no other team has that option. They can't pay for this quality. You look at the case of um, of Mullen, Paul Mullen. Like Paul Mullen is at at worst a top of the range League One striker. Sorry, at worst a a, a bottom of the championship striker. Like he's a top League One striker. Like he's he's very very good. That's a whole two to three divisions higher than the than the level he's playing in. That doesn't happen without that money coming in. And that's not an option that's available to Boreham Wood or anybody else. So that's where I, I think the unfairness comes into it. And they were able to draft in a top-class goalkeeper, albeit one who had retired in Ben Forster, to come and uh, and save a penalty in a crucial game for them against, who was it, Notts County? So, like, it's it's a double-edged sword. I love that there'll be more documentaries. I love that I'll be able to watch more about the club. But at, a, at some point, you have to say, hang on a second. Is this fair? Like, does this do anything for football in general? Or it's just it's just the fact that these two have parachuted into Wrexham. And um, and I don't love it from that angle. And, and we just, we football needs to find a way to be more sustainable without sugar daddies and oil barons, et cetera, et cetera. Um, there was a debate on Reddit. Um, the guys were saying, that I wouldn't necessarily find this to be a fairy tale. And I don't. I see the good of it, but I don't think it's a fairy tale. Um, well, it, is, it look, it kind of is if you... I'm not saying it's a fairy tale necessarily for Ryan Reynolds or Rob McElhaney, but if you are if you are a longtime Wrexham supporter who has been through it, and then all of a sudden this, like, oh my God, this is happening to us? Like, I can't... I can't believe what's happened here. Like all the, my club, look at this, look at what's happened. Like all these great times that, that these guys have brought. Um, yeah, sure. And, and, and like, I, I'm, I am looking at it like maybe bigger. Like they picture. never expected anything like this. Yeah. I, I just, I don't know. It's, and it's not like this is, you know, I mean, you say what you want about the money, but like, this is not, Evil money, like we talked no, about with, no, uh, with some other clubs. This is yeah. not. That was a point that was made on Reddit. You know, like, these guys are not tycoons. They're not oil no. barons. They don't own state. Like they're actors. No. Like no, but it is financial doping. Like it's not evil money when it comes from Phil Neville or Gary Neville or or um or any of the or any of the class of ninety two. But it doped Salford up into league into into the football league, and and the same thing is happening here. And and that for me is a problem. Like it's just got to be a way that football can be sustainable without sugar daddies and oil barons. And and again, what, I mean, what you want is a salary cap, right? Like I, that's that's what you want. I if I would have to think a bit longer about that. But if that is if that is what works, well, that's what, what is works. there to think about? Well, if that's what works, that's what works. Football football can't keep going this way because for all the Salfords and for all the, you know, the 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 Wrexhams who have these people come in, there's Bury. There's Bolton Wanderers. And up until recently, and they still have problems despite their position in the championship, there's Coventry. There's there's numerous clubs that are could go to the wall. And um I don't know. I'm for the many, not the few. I'd like to see football be much more um, equitable across the board for everyone rather than just like, well, how are we going to get up? Well, the only way is if like an actor comes in and, and buys us and or on, at the more extreme end, a despotic, <laughs> a despotic Middle Eastern state. Like, why does it like it shouldn't be like this? And I have sympathy for people who say, well, your club has been part of the elite for so long. Yeah, and you know what? 
that should have been addressed too. Back in the day when Liverpool and Manchester United, because of their fame and the way they won trophies, were just able to get all the best players, etc., and just cement themselves in the top ranks of football. I, I want to see a change. I want to see everything much more equal um, across the board. Salary cap. Well, I think Alexander Seferin was talking about this recently. That they He was not- talking absolute bollocks, though, today. And I, I didn't hear him speak about that. What I heard him speak about was bringing Champions League games to America. Well, uh, would you, yeah. Would you just stop? I, I don't. I mean, I don't know. I'm a, I'm an American soccer fan. Maybe yeah. I'm supposed to see that and get excited by it. My initial instinct was no. Why? 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 I mean, I, I guess the, I guess I know why they they want to they want to money into this audience. Um, oh, they're tapped in enough. I well, mean, they this think is... there's still more to go. Yeah. Or or they see that like now's the time to pounce. We have them now. Let's take it now. Let's really take advantage of it. Yeah, the ATM machine that is. Um, I mean, I mean, soccer is so focused, so hyper focused on getting the American dollar. Yeah. Like. Anyway. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't want that. I don't want the the 39th Premier League game in the United Correct. States. I don't. Correct. I don't want any of those things. I'm. I like. I lo- like. I understand. Like, I don't need it here. Like I, I'm okay. We all we're all okay. We get it. Like this is that's where they play. But like if I go to Europe for a European experience, like I go to Paris for Paris, it's not the same if they ship it all over to like Louisiana or wherever. That's not how it works. Place matters in football. Geography matters. It's the European Champions League. It's interesting that you went with that analogy because Paris kind of literally was shipped to Louisiana. Well, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, that's wasn't the best anyway <laughs> but it's like it's like when, in, in in sligo when we were kids new york style pizza no yeah. it's not <laughs> it's yeah not. um yeah well anyway there you go that's i don't know the the, the wrexham thing jj who would it i feel like an american an american soccer fan's head might explode if Wrexham and uh, AFC Richmond actually were able to meet in a in a match, Ugh, why? Like what? The... I am I'm at my absolute limit with the, like Ted Lasso. Every... I watched, so I did. It's so it's the reference. It's now not the show. Uh-huh. Every friggin' dullard on Twitter when they want to reference something in soccer, they go, "It's like that time of Ted Lasso with the thing." I watched the first episode of the of this latest season. Yeah, I'd say it's brilliant, is it? Yeah, it's like Seinfeld all over again. What happened? I mean, Did I'm your man gonna... say football is life again? Oh, I hope he does. He's good at that. Um, I'll say this. I didn't really laugh during it. And at one point, oh. Amanda looked at me. Oh. And she's like, so what do you think? Like during the episode. It's never a good sign when you say oh, that no, while no. you're watching a show. No, no. It's, it's the realization this is... F- there's no amount of feel good can change that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Ain't no well, polish in this turd. Look how happy you are. Oh, this is all you ever wanted. People to be as miserable as you. It's not about it's again. I, I got preached in another email. It's not about football, JJ. It's not even about this is the best. This is the this is the absolute daddy of this. Oh, what email. have I done? The guy, tw- the guy emails me, JJ. It's not about football. He said it's not even about the jokes. It's about relationships. Okay, if it's not about the f- jokes, then I'll watch This Is Us or um or Party of Five or some other absolute f- crap. If it's not about the jokes, if it's not funny, why the f- are you watching this? I take umbrage with you suggesting that This Is Us was crap. Oh my god, This Is Us. 
they, all I, and, and I never watched the full episode. I'm only going on the trailer. This is the trailer. Uh, Scott and whoever, they've been together, but Scott's got cancer. And he's got cancer while his house is burning down. And he's bur- and the house is burning down with also all their, their children inside. This is us. You just don't get it. That's the problem. You don't know how to feel things. You even oh, no. said that on the last podcast, I think. The cat has stabbed the dog. and the Can, dog we, can we move on before you make me feel awful issue. about truly everything in the world? Oh, my God. Hey, let's talk about dead squirrels. And let's go from that and talk about Wrexham and how that story is actually a crap story. And let's go from that and talk about what's a, a funny show at AFC Richmond and how it's a, a disaster on television. Well, okay, let's go to Tati Castellanos, JJ. He scored four against Real Madrid. How do you want to S on this? <laughs> Why didn't he score five? <laughs> no, that's a brilliant thing. That's great. Um, unbelievable. Great for him. Yeah. Um, Score four versus, I mean, this is incredible, incredible. The stuff of dreams. It is for Girona. Um, they beat Real Madrid 4-2. Um, another one of those games, not to move it off of, of Tati Castellanos, who I was reading now because uh, he's on loan there from NYCFC. And the price tag, I mean, they, they were quick to point out, okay, $15 million. That's where we're at now. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, I think I think he's, I mean, God, you score four against Real Madrid. Should fifteen million in this day and age? That doesn't seem so crazy, right? But but we've seen what he can do. Yeah, but don't forget he's within the CFG group, so maybe there's transfers are done differently. You know, Um, the Real Madrid side. Another one of those games where I'm just like, who is this team exactly? Their their sole focus now is uh, is destroying Manchester City's dreams. Yeah, although Barcelona did also lose midweek. Not not. I mean, look, that title race, much like the one in, in England, is is done and dusted um but yeah i don't know barcelona losing maybe maybe for a brief moment there i would have reconsidered probably they lost a ray of vallecano yeah but um just yeah tati castellanos i saw that and it was there was some cool clips circulating of nycfc players kind of watching it uh in like the cafeteria celebrating along with it. it was it was pretty neat um Enjoyed that. He's great i mean god we, we witnessed it here in mls and he's no, he was there. he was great to watch here yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. Uh, and then finally, JJ, uh, more promotions. It's not just Wrexham that are going up. Burnley and Sheffield United, they will both be rejoining the Premier League. And it sounds like Vincent Company, whose name has come up a little bit here and there uh, for possible managerial openings, it sounds like he's going nowhere. He wants to see this through, at least temporarily. Well, I kind of agree with him, wouldn't you? Like, he took the risk. I, I think it was a risk for him to go to Burnley when he did. He was at Anderlecht. Um, you know, there was European football, etc. And Burnley was freshly relegated, playing in a very particular style of football. And he's come in and he, he he's done a brilliant job. What a job Vincent Company has done. Yeah. Changed the style of play completely. They're, they do not, this is Burnley, not 2.0, like 3.0. It's completely different to what they did. Uh, and finished 10 points ahead or, or, or currently 10 points ahead of uh, Sheffield United, who have um, also rejoined the ranks of the Premier League. And then uh, Luton Town. Luton Town. An unbelievable position on 78 points. Four clear of Michael Carrick's Middlesbrough. So everything from like Middlesbrough... Well, no. uh, Luton and Middlesbrough have wrapped up those um, uh, playoffs, the first two playoff spots. 
And then fifth and sixth is Coventry on 66, Sunderland 65, Millwall 65, Blackburn 65. Ah. West Brom 63 without Daryl DK. We never mentioned that when we were talking. We were all like, oh. Yeah, we, I, I mentioned Daryl DK's injury. I know, but we never mentioned that he wouldn't be available for West Brom. We were kind of... Um, well, we gave, talked about we, for the U.S. I thought yeah, it was implied. If, if he's, going if, on there, if he's out for the U.S., he's out for West Brom. Yeah, all right, okay. But it's so tight down there. Preston 63. Oh, God. The, the championship. The championship. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And I can't wait for the playoffs. Yeah, those are always... Uh, those are always Always are fun. Certainly, the stakes are are never higher um, than in those those playoff games. Um, let's see, JJ. Don't have too much else here. There was one thing I wanted to mention, sort of beyond the the bounds here of soccer. But I was I've been watching, of course, the NBA playoffs lately. Yeah. Um, and you sometimes you come across these moments where you hear a quote, and you're just you're Dylan Brooks who's just taken on this persona of I'm going to be a villain. I don't care how manufactured or cultivated the image is. This is who I am now. And it, it, whatever. But the other night after the Grizzlies won, he's got sunglasses on. He's in the, the locker room afterwards. And he's talking about his, his antagonistic approach to LeBron and arrogantly, proudly, he proclaims, I poke bears. Um, and since uttering that quote, JJ, um, the Grizzlies have lost two games, although I, I got to check and see what they're doing tonight. Um, they were up actually earlier, so maybe they won. But after, he said that quote, they lost the next two games. He got thrown out of one of them. In the other, LeBron hit a shot at the buzzer to send the game to overtime and then hit another in overtime to seal it. And I just was I was watching that and I just thought, my God, like rarely do you see a quote go so bad so quickly, like I, I immediately went to the Matt Hasselbeck. We want the ball. And we're going to score at the <laughs> overtime coin toss. And then he immediately threw a pick six to lose the playoff game in Green Bay. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I like I thought of that, but I was thinking there must be there must be great examples of this in soccer as well. I put it out there on Twitter immediately. I got the response from at uh, Hans Wynn saying old Todd Bowley saying Chelsea would beat Real Madrid three, <laughs> which I thought was a very funny recent example of this. But you are you are the the person I turn to in these moments of historic need, uh, I'm sure you have some that you could think of through the years of, of a guy saying something and just immediately it going sour. Immediate. I don't have, but going okay. sour, I have. So, so Grealish and Almiron is the first one I thought of. <laughs> That's a great one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't need to go into that again. Everybody knows that one. Um, I would say immediacy, Steven Gerrard in the huddle after beating Man City 3-2 oh in 13 we go Norwich next week. This is done. This is over. We go Norwich next week. This does not slip. This does not slip. He literally wrote the script for himself. Um, the other ones I have is that. Uh, that's uh, a, that's probably the all-time. I mean, ugh. for what yeah. I'm talking about here, that's kind of like we almost don't need to go further than that. No. Well, I had you'll never win anything with kids. So Alan Hansen on match of the day, opening game, 95-96 season, Man United with a lot of young players losing to Aston Villa. United's kids go on to win the Premier League. It's not immediate, but it was very funny. Um, uh, Fenerbahce's president, uh, this is my number three, uh, <laughs> saying uh, when uh, Galatasaray signed Graham Sunas, who'd had her heart surgery in, in the previous years, what are Galatasaray doing signing a cripple? And nine months later, Gala beat Fenerbahce in the Turkish Cup final. Sunas runs onto the Fenerbahce pitch, yeah. plants a Galatasaray flag right in the middle of the center circle and goes down the tunnel getting pelted by the Fener fans shouting, who's the effing cripple now? <laughs> yeah. Um, 
And so those were just one, some of the ones I thought of. Um, I, I'm trying to remember now. I think it was Paul Merson uh, who he ripped into the idea of Harry Kane being able to play for Jose Mourinho. And then Kane went on and had his best statistical season. And in fairness to Merson, at the end of the season, he said, I think it was a direct quote where he said, well, I got that one horribly wrong. So he at least did admit it in the end. I'm trying to think of any others that, that strike me. I don't know. Those are all pretty good ones. Dylan I'm sure they everyone at CEO Soccer Pod, caught offside pod on Instagram, at CEO Soccer Pod on Twitter. Just, just chime in let us know. I poke bears. <laughs> yeah, I'm the man. I poke bears. Yeah, okay. I've, how's, that, I've, how's that turning out? <laughs> I have a quick note for you. Uh-huh. Um, I know you love to finger through the Hollywood Reporter. Hey, all right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> next Goal Wins uh, trailer. Launched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw um, it. an amazing collaboration. So the soccer feature from uh, Taika Watiti, who, I mean, if you watch what we do in the shadows, um, he he's basically the hottest comedy writer there is right now. Um, he's uh, it's based on the 2014 documentary of the same name and follows the national football team of American Samoa and their rise from underdogs to winners under Dutch coach coach Thomas Rongen. As they attempt to become a FIFA World Cup qualifying out, Thomas Rongen. Amazing. Now's his moment. We've all known <laughs> who he is in America. Sure. He's this kind of Dutch guy on, on BN Sports. And, uh, and now's, it, now's his great moment. I'm in. Um, I'll give it a shot. I, I'll definitely, I, like, I genuinely like Taika Watiti and, and what he does. Um, and one final note oh. from the animals, and it's about us. And I think tonight maybe confirms it a bit. Uh, maybe it's late season syndrome. Uh, this is from uh, Smithick Scouser. Uh, the bo- uh, Smithick Souser, meaning he loves Smithicks. Uh, the boys are in rough shape. The end of the season can't come fast enough. JJ Why? Is- what happened? JJ is moving puzzle pieces around the championship table like a supervillain plotting the ascension of Millwall and or Sunderland into the Premier League. And he is contemplating Kane and Pochettino at Chelsea, destroying Tottenham next year like a bad ending of the Ghostbusters. Choose, choose the form of the destructor. Tranquil times on a lake shore, fishing poles, and a cooler full of beer is what our guys need. Now, there was a couple of responses to that saying, I can't see the guys fishing. I've gone and, fishing before. And, and day drinking. I'll tell what? you. We, we, both of us, love day drinking <laughs> love it and i can tell you that fishing if you get the right river bank and a, a cooler full of beers you don't have to catch a fish just sit there in a comfortable chair oh yeah breathe fresh air i oh, would my. take me to this place immediately take us I, right I took there. jack fishing uh last uh last year he caught two fish in five minutes wow where'd you take him fishing this was in florida oh okay yeah uh, like out on, out on a boat? No, no, on a dock. You like went a... to a dock in Florida, and uh, you were near water, and you were fine about it. What do you mean? Oh, because of alligators. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they were out there. They were absolutely out there. Yeah. Oh, I was always vigilant. Didn't see. Uh, did we see any of that trip? I can't remember. South Carolina, we saw hundreds of them. That was Jesus. wild. Yeah. Anyway, uh, anyway, my 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 riverbank is in Sligo. Temple House. I can see the I can see the river. I can see the bank. Lovely. Oh God, take me there. Yeah. Oh, that does sound nice. Uh last note from me. I buried the lead here. An incredible day in my family. Oh. Well, it's my mom's birthday. Oh, happy birthday. Happy birthday, mom. 
Um, what and then do we on... call her? You call her mom. What do mom. we call her? I can't call her mom. What do we call her? Her name is Marilyn. I don't know. I guess you can call her that. Mrs. Gunling, whatever you, whatever you want. Happy uh, birthday, but, Mrs. Gunling. But then on top of that, JJ, my sister, on my mom's birthday, my sister gave birth to a baby boy today. Oh, my God. That is fantastic news. Yeah. Incredible. Wow. Little Charlie. Charlie. Yep. What's the full name? Charlie what? Uh, Delente. Wow. Is her, is her... No, but here's the middle name. He's just Charlie. Oh, oh. Um, yeah, she sent it to me. Because I need the flow here. I'm concerned. Oh, I gotta. I have to find it. <laughs> it can't um, be Charlie, like Charlie Ezekiel. No, no, no. It was <laughs> not that. It was not Ezekiel. Um, uh, where is it? I have so so many texts. Charlie Agamemnon. So now you're gonna. Have, the pod has to come to a screeching halt. Charlie, as I go through like a thousand text messages from today to find. Well, don't it. bother. No one cares. Charlie. Well, Fandango. you asked. No one cares. Oh, no one cares. Move on. You asked the question. You monster. Charlie Fandango. I don't know. It's here somewhere. Charlie's uh, a nice name. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that cool though? On my mom's birthday. Oh, that's, that's something that's special. Lovely. Um, I was born on my grandfather's birthday. So this is like a thing in my family. It's very, wow. very weird. It is very weird. Yeah. That's, so there that's you go. great. Well, congratulations to her. Yeah. Very cool. Super excited about that. Can't wait to meet him. I will be too. And you, you're going to be his, uh, is his dad a sports guy? Huge. Oh my oh, God. Okay. All right. Huge. Yeah. I've, I've, I've only seen pictures of him on Facebook. I, I just never thought he was a sports guy. I don't even know what to make of a comment like that. I don't know if it's mean. It's weird. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I just. I just. I thought you'd be carrying the the torch for sports in the family. No, he's obsessed. Oh my oh, god, he's good. exactly. That's like good. Me. Yeah, it's good. Anyway, uh, hey, this was this was a lot of fun. This was uh, a weird pod. I it enjoyed was. it. It was. Oh, this was a weird one. What's wrong with us? I don't know. I can't put my finger on exactly. You talked for like an hour about a dead squirrel. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was. Yeah. A strange one. Sometimes you get those. Can be no way of knowing. Who knows what you get next week? Tune in and find out. JJ, to you I say... Check you later, fun boy. I'll see you, man. Take care. You've been listening to the Caught Offside Soccer Podcast. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.